Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now, just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. What inspired me was a long time ago, I heard somebody on Tumblr, this German guy talking to his girlfriend in German, and he was dominating her and she was begging to get release. And it was just so erotic and hot. I've stayed anonymous and what I've done is I've kept a lot of that private from kind of what you want to call, I guess, my real life, maybe. But the people that do know, they think it's very cool. Everything's fair game. (laughs) If it's on your body, I will pinwheel it. I definitely wanted to explore some type of where the man was the sub. I had fantasies about this, about me controlling him. And it was something that I met someone and I thought, you know, that I would do that with him. And I did a little bit, but then I then I got into my submissive side and off I went. Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. Happy Saturday, guys. Well, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, instead of my usual interviewing someone, I'm going to let you guys listen to some outtakes from three great, amazing podcasts that I've been on recently where I was the one getting interviewed. You know what I love about being interviewed is that people will ask me something. It's just fascinating what they dig into, like what they're interested in when they research me, what they want to know about. And it always turns out that every interview always uncovers something about me that I'd never revealed on the show before. And of course, these are no different. So the first one we are starting out with is our lovely Y.O. Lee from Sex Stories Podcast. I love Y.O. so much. She is so creative, you guys. You've got to check her podcast out. She's absolutely fabulous. And she's just, not only that, she's artsy. She's creative. I always joke with her and say that she's got more creativity in one little fingertip than I have in my whole entire body. I love the work that she's doing. I love her commitment to sex and sexuality and that podcast genre that we're all in and love. And she works really hard at it. So definitely, guys, go check out her podcast. Subscribe to it. You will love it. She happened to ask me on this interview one of the best questions I've ever had asked. And it was so thought-provoking. I don't know if I should tell you what it is. Uh, she asked me about if I consider myself a sex worker. Now, I'm not going to answer that at all. I'm just going to let you listen to the interview because I think she did such a great job. And the question really struck me. It was the first time someone had asked me that. And I had to kind of think about, huh, well, I don't know. Do I? I monet- This podcast is monetized. I talk about sex. Am I in that sex worker genre? How do I, where do I land? Anyway, for all of those details and answers to a lot more questions, let me share with you just a quick little outtake from the interview. Here it is. 
our guest today. I'm very excited to talk to you once again. She has been a sexy pod host for seven years. Welcome, Layla from the Curious Girl Diaries. Hi, Wyo. I am so glad to be back. Thank you so much for having me again. Oh, I am so excited. You answered this in our previous interview, but for this podcast, I would just like to set a new frame by hearing today your definition of the word sexy. For me, it's like just emanates from the inside out. It's not something specific. It's really a state of mind. It's how you feel. It's how you project. And it's an energy that you bring with you wherever you go. And you can turn it on and turn it off as you need to. Sometimes you don't want to be projecting that because it draws a lot of attention. And then other times it's like, oh yeah, this, this light is on. (laughs) Okay. So now tell us a little bit about your work. How are you making the world a sexier, more loving place? Well, I hope that what I'm doing, what I want to do, the whole goal is just to inspire conversations, you know, outside of the podcast. I hope that people hear things. I hope they're able to talk to their partners about it. And it makes it easy to broach maybe sometimes uncomfortable subjects. I also hope that people get inspired that are single. They want to do a sex bucket list. They want to, you know, have a journey like I'm having because what I'm doing, anybody can do. And it's really been amazing what I've learned about myself personally through my sexuality and by really focusing on that. You know, it's going to put everything out there like on steroids. So if you have any insecurities, any hangups, you know, something that you really want to accomplish and do, it makes it that much more fun and it brings everything to the surface, things you need to work on. And then also it's just very inspiring to me. My sexual creative energy is through the roof. Amazing. Okay. You said you have another new podcast recently, right? Like a private one. I have a private podcast. I start so that I think that's new since we spoke. I started a private podcast. What I'm able to do is I just have, you know, one extra episode a week, a lot more spicy. I've been able to do things like take little audio outtakes from actual encounters with my partners. (gasps) Like sexy noises and things like sex. Actually me (sighs) in an act. Oh my God. Because do you ever record your own video when you're having sex with a partner? And it's so fucking hot. I just love it. Right. But what inspired me was a long time ago, I heard somebody on Tumblr, this German guy talking to his girlfriend in German and he was dominating her and she was begging to get release. And it was just so erotic and hot. Yeah. And I always remembered that that always stuck out in my head. And I'm not really brave enough. Like, I don't want to do porn. I don't want to, nothing against it. I just, for me, it's like, I don't want that stuff out there. But just these, you know, 30 second audio clips of the noises that I make, I find very sexy. (laughs) And my partner making like, so, you know, I'll do an episode and then I'll do like some bonus content with that in there. And it's hot. And I can just keep, I can go also that much deeper because it's private. It's behind a paywall. And I can really kind of get into some of the stuff that, you know, it's just that much more raw and you're not really sure that you want to share it out there in the public world. So it's just a whole nother level for me to explore and be able to reveal about myself and what I'm experiencing. It's a safe space for me to do it. And so I really love doing it. I fucking love that. That's hot. Do you consider yourself then a sex worker? That is a really good question. I had I went down the whole rabbit hole for myself, so I'm curious where you fall right now today. There's no right or wrong answer, of course. 
I mean, you're making me think because I've never, th- I've never actually been asked that question. Do I consider myself a sex worker? Before I would have said no, I'm not. I'm just someone who, sp- you know, who shares a message. I talk about sex. I'm not charging for it. But I guess if you, you know, na- maybe now that I have those little clips in the private podcast, maybe I'm starting to edge that way. Or erotic artist. You know, it's what label feels most comfy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's a really good question. Because <laughs> I'm like, when did I cross the line? Somewhere. Now I'm definitely on that side of it. What like, is a sex here. worker? That's yeah. a really good question. A lot of the definitions I look up are like, well, if you're titillating people on purpose and making money for it, you know, it's some kind of like general. Okay, then then I'm a sex worker. Yeah. Some of it just has to do with lewdness and obscenity. Yeah. And it's different for everyone. I like it. I'm. It, it's all good to me, but I'm just like curious about how we're all thinking of ourselves and each other. Now, here's a question, though. If you didn't have those erotic audio clips, is just sharing your personal details on the podcast, is that, you know, because it's erotic. It's personal. It's more than like regular people share. But does that count as a sex worker thing once we start like making ads or getting sponsorships or anything like that? I will say no. And I want and I want to say no. And here's why. Because, again, as you asked me what my goal is, you know, ultimately my goal is that sex, the way I'm talking in my podcast, as open as I am, that that becomes normal. Yeah. That we get to a point where everybody can talk about sex, any aspect with anybody, you know, obviously age appropriate, you know, no, not with minor children, but just, you know, that it's so natural and normal. We've removed the stigma from it and the secrecy. And that's where I think where all this weirdness comes from. So once we lift that, you know, we're good. Yeah. Also by that definition, I don't think I counted as a sex worker when I started posting pictures as a shave head naked girl, because I was trying to just normalize that. But then again, I was trying to normalize it as naked. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, (laughs) how about you tell us now, what are some of the reactions you've gotten over the years when you've told people about the sexy work that you do? You know, I've stayed anonymous. And what I've done is I've kept a lot of that private from kind of what you want to call, I guess, my real life, maybe. But the people that do know, they think it's very cool. Like, they don't have a problem with it. I think it's very cool too. Like when I tell people, oh, I have a podcast, you know, like sometimes I'll meet random strangers and I'm like, well, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I have a podcast to talk about my sex life. They're like, oh, you know, like everybody thinks that's really neat and interesting. And they're like, where can I listen to it? And then, you know, they find it fascinating what I've been doing. So I, it usually is met with good responses. I can't really think of a time where somebody went, oh, you know, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. No. What are the circumstances when you're meeting someone kind of like out in the world that you find yourself sharing? Oh, I have a podcast where I talk about my sex life. You know, you wouldn't do that like in a business setting, obviously, but generally just when I meet somebody and if I'm vibing with them and I feel like they're receptive and it doesn't have to be like that we're interested in each other in any way. It just, you know, I think, Hey, this is a cool person. And I feel like they would appreciate it and also maybe benefit from it by listening. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of my little litmus test. (laughs) Have any of them ever like contacted you after the fact and been like, I I found it, I listened. Or is it it just sort of like that kiss that as you travel through the world? Good news. Strictly Anonymous podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com 
com and click on be on the show. People, yeah, they follow up. And what I love is the following that I have now and the community that I've built. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm, exp- I'm also expanding my private podcast right now. I'm building a community yeah. for it, which should nice. be out at the end of the month <gasps> where I can Amazing. do lives in there and just get closer to, you know, the people whose lives that I touch and that are really touching mine by sending me their feedback. I love to have it be, like I said, something that's just normal and that everybody's on board with and it's entertaining and fun, but it's also thought provoking. You know, I've got some listeners that it's really changed their lives. And that, you, know, you get these emails and these voicemails and I'm like, this is amazing. I can't believe that little old me, that episode I did, or just listening to it throughout the years has inspired you and, you know, you've changed your life and your sex life is better and better than it's ever been. And, you know, and, and people are just generally happy. Amazing. Okay. So now tell us what is your professional origin story? How did you come to be a curious girl with a podcast? So it was just me waking up one day and saying, what the fuck am I doing? I have not had sex in three and a half years. This is nuts. And I just, I I literally like hit me like a bolt of lightning. I was getting out of the shower and I think I was trying myself off, you know, kind of checking myself. I'm like, yeah, not bad, not bad. You know, like, and then I was just like, Who's, no one's getting the benefit of this. I am wasting the pretty. What am I doing? And I'm like, I need physical touch. I need to get out there. I, this, this is not going to work for me. And I really had to question why I was, why I had done that. You know, how did that happen? It was strange, you know, like, geez, this isn't normal. And so I, put my business hat on because I was all about business and said, you got a problem. How are we going to solve it? You need massive action. (laughs) Laid out my, you know, laid out my plan at my sex bucket list and gave myself a time frame, and was just like, and I want to document it. I'm really curious about, you know, who's this, who's this going to, am I going to be a sexual deviant? Like who's this making me at the end of all this? And so I was really curious about making sure that I, you know, did a podcast so I could see the progression. And it's been amazing actually to have all of that data and to, to hear the difference in me and how I've changed. Yeah. It's, I, and I, and to, and it was, I laughed to think I was thinking I'm going to do this for a year and then I'm going to stop. I'm just going to, and I'm going to do it anonymously so I can sneak back to my regular life. And you know, that'll be that. Like I'll have that adventure story, but, but it's not going to change me at all. You know, like, and it it blew the doors off, you know, like really, literally. Oh man, I relate to that so hard. And I have a couple follow-up questions because like, I think when I started, I was like, yeah, so I'll just be a person that can, you know, help other people practice talking about sex. Plus I love sex stories, not realizing how it would like spiral out of control to take over my whole own life. And then I, I distinctly remember the moment when one of my listeners wrote to me about you and I had you on a list to like invite you to collaborate for like a year or two before you finally actually reached out to me initially. And I remember like looking at your stuff and going through your stuff because I too am like a documenter and a story lover and a collector. And so when I found your stuff, I was like, that's so fucking cool. And I think what I'm curious about is how many bucket list items, like you gave yourself a time frame. <laughs> How did you like decide how much stuff to do in what amount of time and what time frame? Well, I figured that a year was a good amount of time because that's enough to really 
have some big changes and have a lot of, like I said, you know, data. I was interested in the data, like what's going to happen. And, you know, but I knew in order to keep myself interested, right, you have to have enough stuff that's exciting and fun and challenging. And so I just started to think about, well, all right, now I'm, I'm, obviously the subject of sex. So what do I want to do? What's always turned me on that I haven't had a chance to do that I think is remotely hot fantasies, things like that. And so I just made a list and went after it. But what ended up happening is once you cross something off, you usually don't cross something off without adding something new because it's always just the fact that you put yourself in that position and that you're open. Something really cool is going to happen. And and a lot of times it's something that you never knew that you would even be interested in. Totally. It just comes out, you know, and you're like, whoa, I did not know that was hot, but damn it, I got to do that again. Or, you know, and it just, it's like a rabbit hole. One door, you know, all these, you open one door and then there's 10 more to go down. You know, it's very fun. All right, guys, that is one you definitely want to finish. She did a great job. All of her guests are super interesting. I know you're going to definitely check out her show. You will love it. But um, anyway, that was my time there, my recent time with Wyo. And isn't it interesting, uh, what you heard from that episode too, was that she had me on her list for a long time to interview and she was on mine. It's so funny. Actually, everybody in this grouping today is somebody that's had me on their list or they've been on mine for a long time. And it's so much fun when you finally get to meet these people. You've been listening to their show, following their work for years and years, and then you get to interact with them. This next person, oh my gosh, I absolutely just fell in love with her. Dr. K, her podcast is The Submissive Next Door. She was on my list for a long, long time. As a matter of fact, I think I reached out for several years in a row. No response. Oh, Dr. K. (laughs) And then I forget how we ended up collaborating. She came on my show. I went on hers. We may have, uh, she may have just reached out to me and said, let's do a collab. I can't remember at this point who was pinging who, but I absolutely fell in love with her. She is not only just beautiful and talented, but she is a woman after my own heart. We have she originally started out as in the dominant space and was a dominant, and then she switched to being a submissive. I felt like she and I had so much in common and just sharing our stories. It was kind of like, yes, yes, me too. I love how we're able to get into both sides of the DS dynamic and really be speaking the same language. So I know you guys are going to just love this. And here's some outtakes from that episode with Dr. K on the submissive next door. Obviously my dialogue and the way I see myself and my sexuality and what it's okay to talk about has expanded so much. So that's really been the fun part. I love it. It's like you, you are the ultimate in like the self-exploration and being able to just, I mean, it's hard to put yourself out there. It's even hard to admit to yourself that you are into certain things. Like um, one of the episodes, I and I have to bring this up because I got so excited when I heard it on, on your, your episode of uh, Roadhead. I think you released it on March 21st. Yeah. yeah. And um, you were talking about, um, it had to do with pinwheeling a dick. And I was like, 
and balls. Oh my God. I have to talk to her about this. Um, as a submissive, like the pinwheel, it's one of those tools that I have learned to embrace. I hated yeah. it at first and now yes. I really love it. Um, and so when I heard that, I was like, oh my God, how, how did this come about? Like, I want my audience to hear this because there's a lot of them that want to do this. How did it come about? And what was like the initial reaction to bringing a pinwheel and like, I'm going to pinwheel your dick in, in balls. And balls. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's, everything's fair game. <laughs> if it's on your body, I will pinwheel it. Well, first of all, I also want to say too, is that, um, about this whole experience about having now having a sub, I was a collared sub for three and a half years and I really found my lane. Like I did not know about that side of myself and how amazing and wonderful and fulfilling, you know, all that is. And, and there's now I've had a gap where I don't have, you know, I can't find the right dominant. It's just not something that you mess around with if the, the right person isn't available to you. So as it turns out in the very beginning, I had, what I had on my list was I definitely wanted to explore some type of where the man was the sub. I had fantasies about this, about me controlling him. And it was something that I met someone and I thought, you know, that I would do that with him. And I did a little bit, but then I, then I got into my submissive side and off I went. So now it's very, it's, it's cool to come back to it because I, I'm learning. It's a full circle thing. I still consider myself submissive, but to really understand the full, what encompasses the BDSM and that dynamic, it's amazing to step into the dominant shoes and take my experience, what I know from receiving it now to applying it. And I feel like I understand so much more about him and what he had to do and the creativeness and just everything that goes into it. It's a lot of heavy lifting. It's a lot of work. But the pinwheel, to answer your pinwheel question, uh, another friend of mine who's a dominant, he would always talk about a pinwheel. And, this, and I would be like, oh, fucking pinwheel. That sounds awful. So now that I'm a dominant, I'm like, okay, what sounds awful? I'm like, a pinwheel. So that was the first thing I was like, I'm going to pinwheel the shit out of this guy. And, and he loves it. I love it. I love it. Oh, it's so much fun for me because, you know, it is one of those things you love to hate, like, when I was submissive, I loved to hate edging. Like I just I would tell you, I hate it, but yes, the orgasms it produced were amazing, but I hate it, you know? So, so with him, I want to, you know, have those things that like hurt so good, you know, just yes. that really, really bring about and elicit that same response and responsiveness. So, um, the pinwheel is just one of those things. I mean, you get a pinwheel right on your hard cock and on your balls when, you know, you're being edged to the end. It, yeah, it does. It brings it brings out a lot of noises and groaning and begging, which turns me on profusely. I love that. I love it. And you, I love that you talk so much about like that. And a lot of people don't realize, like I, I get a lot of questions like, well, once you're a submissive, are you always a submissive? Or once you're a dom, are you always a dom? Or, you know, you can't be one or you can't be the other. It's it's so interesting to see the 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 road trip that you kind of go on within yourself and i i completely agree with with what you were saying that um you kind of start out in one place and you see and learn more and more about yourself i started out as a dominant myself and i spent a i was like trained as a dominant with a mentor for a good 10 years 
Oh, and wow. then, and then I, I found my Dom, finally somebody that was like worthy of being, yes. like I could submit to. Yes. And once I did, it was like, this is it. But I still have those nights where I'm like, I really want to just fucking take the reins and, and I don't want to top from the bottom. I, you know, so I have my switch nights and come to find out he really enjoys like being the submissive every now and again. And it's okay to do that, that switching back and forth. Like if that's what you need and you feel it and you're with that right person, like it's amazing. Um, what, what were some of the ways, like when you found your, when you found your, um, submissive side, what was that kind of experience like? Like, how did you know that, okay, I'm finally in that right, in that right relationship where I can submit to this person? Well, I will say he did, you know, he just did a lot right. He knew, you know, I, I am very impatient, right? So when it was kind of agreed, like, we're going to do this, then I'm just like, okay, push me, push me, push me. Like, I want to be pushed. And he never listened to me. No matter, he didn't listen to all my bitching, all my, you know, like whatever, all my ways, you know, that I would try to finagle or push his buttons. Maybe like this will get him fired up or maybe he'll, you know, maybe he'll do it now. You know, like um, I kind of had to go through all those gyrations and we really had to, you know, I needed to do all that to sort of settle in and really submit to him and let him lead me and take me on this journey. And once he finally did, it was just like, or once I finally did, you know, and met him where he was already at, you know, it was amazing. I mean, I, it just felt like, okay, this is why all these other relationships I had before didn't work because they weren't, I was leading and I don't, I know in my heart I'm submissive being able to explore the other side and be the dominant now is really just a tribute to my submissive side. It's really so that I have a complete understanding of this and also a better level of respect for, you know, the next person that comes along. Not that I was disrespectful, just that, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. And so now I have a bigger picture and it's just really fun to, and I do have that dominant devious side. So to let, you know, to be able to have um, an outlet for that and, and, and just, you know, give somebody what they want. I and mean, I, I'm also taking so much pleasure in it, you know, when I'm dominating him and I know that I'm doing a good job and that he loves it. And that he's also complimenting me on how I'm aware and in tune to the responsiveness of his body, because I remember that that was the one thing my dominant, like he just knew how to, you know, he knew every twitch, every breath, you know, every muscle contracting, like what was going on. And he just led me through it. And that, and that's what I'm striving to do, you know, with, with this, uh, with this submissive guy, his name's Nico. <laughs> I love Nico. that. Nico. Oh, that, Nico. I, every time yeah. I hear that name now, I'm going to think of you and, and Nico. Yeah. Um, Nico. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't realize with, especially with being a, I hate, I always hate using like good versus bad, but I mean, there, there are some really bad doms out there, but to be a really, truly good one, it's like, you need such a high level of awareness, not just awareness of yourself, but you have to be there to pay attention to all of those little tiny things. Yes. And it's not something like you can 
it's almost not even something you can train for. Like you have to just kind of have that natural attention to detail to make that scene something special and be able yes. to bring them right to the edge. <laughs> yes. And some people really have a gift for it. And I was lucky that, you know, after searching uh, for a lot of people through a lot of people, like just really, even not even knowing what I was looking for, I knew the guys that were fakes. It was just like, Oh my God, this is just so awful. Like this cannot be what it's about, you know, like, and, and, and then when I found, you know, the right person came along, um, I just felt very lucky that, you know, he was so good at it and invested in me and taking me through it. And so, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy that you, that you have, you have Nico now and you have um, so many fantastic stories. If, if there was one, I haven't gone through all of your podcasts yet, but trust me, yeah. I will. Yeah. Um, Cause it's called hyper-focus and that's what I do. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, what is your number one, like, if you were to pick one ultimate scene or one ultimate experience that just like when you stop and you think about just coming as hard as you can, what is the the one experience that you think of? It's not my favorite, but when you just said that, this is what jumped into my head and I don't even want to admit it <laughs> because uh, it was probably the time when my dominant was edging me so bad I literally thought I was going to start crying. Okay. What did you guys think of that? Like the pinwheel, she zeroed right in on that. That is one of, <laughs> as you guys know, the pinwheel has been a hot subject on my podcast for quite a while and definitely one of her favorites as well. I'm starting to understand why submissive love this pinwheel. I never got into it myself personally, but I have put it on myself and used it a couple of times. And you know what? There's something to it. Next time when I'm in the submissive role, it's going to be pinwheel all the way. Pinwheel me, please, please use this on me. I want it. All right, guys. Well, there's a link to that episode in the show notes. Give it a listen. I know I kind of, I kind of left it on a cliffhanger. So I know you're going to want to hear the answer to that question we stopped on. Now this next interview was a long time coming. I wanted to interview Billy Presida from the Man Whore podcast for a long time. I knew about him from when I started, you know, back when I, when we both, he's been, let's see, he's been doing this nine years. I've been doing this seven. And so when I came on the scene, you know, you definitely took note of who else was in the, you know, sexuality podcast space. And back then there was a lot less people and a lot less podcasts, but his was one that I definitely latched on to. I thought he was interesting. You know, he's a comedian, does all kinds of shows, and he actually does some of them naked. He organizes gangbangs. I mean, he's got his own OnlyFans. I mean, he's, he is out there. He's funny and he's all about, you know, just sex positivity and all that good stuff that we stand for here at the Curiosal Diaries. So interviewing him was kind of a no-brainer. And I'm so glad that you know, we finally got a chance to do it. Plus, there's a specific word that I use that he loves how I say it. Now, you guys that have been listening to my show, I'm not going to tell you what it is. You're going to hear it in this coming up outtake. But I'm wondering if you feel the same as him about this particular word and how I say it. He couldn't get enough of it. I'm wondering what you guys think. All right. Well, here's the outtake. 
There is. I'm not kidding. Like I literally. I'm not kidding like, either. I don't. I don't normally have this observation about someone. It's a weird observation with with yeah. Layla London, the sultry yes. voice behind the the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. Right. That is me. Uh, welcome, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on your show. Yeah, I had fun. Uh, I had fun recording yours. Uh, that, that was a good time uh, getting into the sex stories. Your, your show is a little bit like sex story detail heavier than mine. I sometimes I feel like I disappoint people. I'll start with like sexy story and then I but then I want to get into like, well, what does it mean? And they're like, yeah. no, I'm you. I was almost going to come. And then you start right. getting deep. Yes. They want you to stick to the story. I'm so much to the story though. I feel like, you know, and it's like, that's why I can't get certain sponsors and things like that because I can't, you know, cause of my language and I want to tell the story and I enjoy telling the story. I love telling the story and sharing it. And that's why people tune in. So I can't really that- change it up. You were doing you were doing a blog before you started putting out like audio posts and episodes, right? Yeah. Well, so when it's so the way it started was I originally thought I was gonna ha- I I just had this idea. Uh, I definitely wanted to document what I was doing. The original intent was that I was going to go crazy for a year. I made a sex bucket list and I was going to knock things off my list. And I really wanted to document it because I was so fascinated by, okay, if I do all this crazy shit, like who does this make me? I'm total vanilla woman here. Like who am I going to be at the end of this? And so documenting it was really interesting and important for me. And I felt like I was going to podcast about just dating in general. And then the sexy encounters, those were going to be in the form of the blog. But what I realized, and, and, um, you know, I, but sitting I, down I, the right, you know, who wants to do that when we, oh my once you God. pick, once you realize how e- much easier the talking thing can be. What like- was I thinking? <laughs> it was awful. Every, I felt like I was giving birth. Every story was painful. I couldn't get it out. You know, it was like, ah, uh. so, um, yeah, I just said, fuck it. I s- switched over to, um, just straight podcasting. You know, you reference yourself as being like vanilla and like, and I, please do not take this the wrong way. Cause I think this is a mainstream normal POV. I'm just, I've never not been like this. So I've just always been weird, but I like you were going over in like one of your early episodes, like you're kind of giving out, like, here's what's on the bucket sex bucket list. Yeah. You went way back. Sounds like you went way back. Yeah. Well, because I wanted to like know origin because I'm like, like I heard a li- I listened yeah. to a recent one about pegging. Fu- glad you're having a good time. But that, but that was like, I do want some origin story. You know, you're saying all this sex bucket list stuff and it's kind of like kind of normal, like kind of like, I don't want to, I'm not being insulting or condescending, no. but they were like kind of like basic. Like mm-hmm. if I was getting out of a 20 year monogamous relationship that was kind of vanilla with a guy who like barely ate my pussy, like this yeah. is the stuff I would find exciting or these are things I would read in a lot of like standard erotica novels yeah. and whatnot. So it, it like and I was so curious, like what your relationship to sex was, um, you know, I guess from in your 20s and 30s, as well as maybe how you were raised around sexuality that led to you being like. 40 early 40s and and being like so excited to be like i might even want to get spanked (laughs) wouldn't that be wouldn't that be naughty like (laughs) like tie me up and like did i say that yeah 
You were oh like, I want to, I want to, I want to be dominated. Like, and with your age, I was just, I'm so curious where you were sexually twenties and thirties. Yeah. So, um, first of all, growing up, it was this very sex positive house and really? I mean more, more, oh yeah, more than, I mean, my mom was so just like, she we just were cock, gonna, cock, 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 cock. No, she didn't use the we word cock. We say cock in this household. We, she didn't, we didn't use the word cock, but she. Oh, she was, a, she was a dick girl. Was that, is that what she was? <laughs> no, she just, I mean, she just wanted to make sure that I, we talked about it and that I, you know, there was an open door policy and that, you know, she, I understood that, you know, uh, my orgasm was important too. And it's not just about the man getting off and, you know, is he doing anything for you? And if he's selfish in bed, get rid of him, you know, just like, I mean, my mom was so in my face about it. And I was just like, oh my God, like conversations you don't want to have with your mom. But, and it was like, I mean, we had the sex talk in third grade. And so it just kind of kept going from there. So it was a very open. There was a lot of affection between my parents. You know, I mean, I would see them, they were hot for each other. You know, you knew they were, they were doing it. it you know, I walked in a couple times on it. Oh my God. Like you can't really erase that from your mind. And so it was, you know, it was always very out there. And so it wasn't a big deal to me. And, and then, you know, as I start dating and having sex, I always kind of knew, you know, how my body worked and about masturbating and getting off and then trying to make that happen with a guy, making sure he was doing it right. And I always had good sex, but I don't think I had super, had discovered that super connected, deep, you know, like mind blowing kind of sex. And so that was, I always had this feeling like I knew there was something deeper. Cause every once in a while you'd have a partner where you'd hit on it. You're like, Whoa, what was that? Like, Holy shit. And then, you know, and, but I, it wasn't, it just wasn't something that I thought like, Hey, this is an important aspect of my life. And I want to make sure that I'm giving it enough time and developing it so that I can, you know, have the most rich, full sex life I can possibly have. And in terms of the- like the type of sex you were having, is it like, Vanilla. pretty like you know even the good sex is it like fairly normative though like yes at that okay. point oh yes yeah i mean i wasn't you know i i didn't even have a dildo till i was like 25 mm. yeah yeah and the boyfriend i had at the time wanted me to get rid of it because he 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 said that like that was cheating on him <laughs> i said do you jack off well then you better cut your fucking right hand off then because you're cheating. Like on throw me. away all your socks. No he more wanted, tube socks for you. He literally wanted me to throw it away. I was like, no. Do you know yeah, how much this like, thing fucking cost? It was, if it was a it good was, one. It was a Mr. Bunny. And like literally the first time that those little ears hit my clit, I was like, oh sweet Jesus. What have I been missing? Like, mm. why have I not? And the pop beads that went around and got your G-spot. Oh my God. So that thing was like changed my life. <laughs> so so there's world. a healthy attitude towards sexuality. There is sex happening. There's even good sex happening, but still pretty, still the type of sex where like even the good sex, it's not like, oh my God, it's so kinky or oh my God, yeah. the group thing or like, you know, the, the not like doing it in the kitchen was probably the, the <gasps> yeah. kind of type, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, or just like um, anal. That was like, you know, that like, was the that was the taboo that was, thing. That was like the kind of wild. 
Yeah. You're putting, you're putting that, you know, your cocks in my ass. So that's like a big deal. Cause like, like the people I, like my friend circle to them doing something totally like crazy wild is like doing like, like needle play. Like that's what they have to do to get to extreme. So like, that's that's why I was trying to get an idea of like a frame of reference for you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, like I said, I was very, very vanilla, but I got in this, um, you know, I was very much about my business and it was doing very well. And I just kind of like for the time and space, I, and you know, the way the market was at that point, I just had to go with it. And, you know, I was like, I knew that this is my, like, if I just ride this back up, I'm going to be sitting pretty. So I, you know, I was just like hustle, hustle, hustle and killing it and really identifying like that's where sort of like my worth and my sexiness, if you will, like I loved my work. Like it was like my porn, like I had to sit and look at it and do it. And, you know, I I loved it. And I kind of poked my head up one day and went, actually, I was coming out of the shower. Here's how it happened. I was coming out of the shower. You know, you're drying yourself off, checking yourself out. And I was like, not bad. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, you, as you do. Right. And I thought, what the, wait a minute. Like nobody is seeing this. Like what is going on? I am wasting the pretty, like I need to get out there and this is wrong. You know, like it just hit me. So I went into business mode because I immediately identified I have a problem. I need to solve it. And here's how I'm going to do it. And, and what exactly was the problem? The problem was I hadn't been fucked in three and a half years. Why? Because I voluntarily did not want to do anything, get involved in any kind of relationship, date, anything that took away, put my mind away from being focused on work. And I mean, when you're doing this three and a half years, like when you're focusing on the work, are you ever kind of distracted by like, I really would like to get fucked? By getting horny, you mean? Yeah, like, would you get yeah. horny? But, like, not just horny, like, oh, I'm horny. I'm going to go beat off. It's like, like, are you knowingly missing the connection part of everything? Or are you so into work? You're like, I forgot that I'm supposed to, you know, talk yeah. to boys. I forgot that I'm supposed to talk to boys. And mm. boys would be talking to me, and I wouldn't even pick up on the fact that this guy's just, like, totally trying to ask me out, you know? And I'm like, my friends would be like, he's just trying to ask you out. And you're just like, but no, I want to see, like, well, what? does he have investor potential? Yeah, I'm like, well, I, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I totally missed it. I mean, I, I mean, I got asked out by a, like, I, my attorney one day called me and was just like, for no reason, you know, he's just like, no reason. Cause I'm like, oh shit, what's, we got a problem. What's going on here? You know, and then he's just like, hey, how you doing? All right, guys. Well, you know, you need to finish that one because he is a great interviewer, very funny guy. Like I said, you definitely want to check out the Man Whore podcast. I am linking the full episode that I did with him in the show notes, and you can give it a listen. For all of these podcasters, guys, show them love, show them support. You know, it's not an easy genre to be in. We get demonetized, we get censored. It's just hard to even, you know, use the proper terminology for our parts without getting some pushback. So, Go ahead, listen to their shows, subscribe, like, support, do all that great stuff that I know you guys can do. All right, everyone. Well, I hope you have a great Saturday. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys so much. You know where you can find me. Feedback is always appreciated. Just go to thecuriousgirldiaries.com. 
Click on the pink tab on the right-hand side. You have five minutes. Let it rip. I love to get back to each and every one of you personally. I take notes and we get to have these great conversations back and forth and you can talk about, we can talk about anything and everything that you want. All right, everyone, stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend and make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com and join my subscribers only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.